All right, we're back. Yep, EH yep. takes episode five, the return. <laughs> we're back in a, a new studio, new recording location, living in, room in the living room. Yeah. We're upstairs now, um, and we've got new mics. So if there's any uh, noticeable audio differences in the recording, uh, please comment, let us know. We're just trying something else else out, as opposed to the old snowball today. Yeah. So I'm Elijah Samuelson, and I'm Spencer Cook. And today we're talking about the spirit of EDH it's and what spooky. that means. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the the Halloween special. Exactly. A little bit, a little bit late <laughs> in but, March. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. So the the spirit of EDH is this this common phrase that I feel like I've heard since I started consuming Commander content mm-hmm. and started um getting more into Commander, and we're not really totally sure what that means to everybody. There's this kind of idea of you use it to describe things that you like or don't like in a game of Commander. But uh, we think there might be some some harm in ascribing this uh, this spirit of EDH to uh, just anything that you, you like or dislike. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with the spirit of EDH is like, it's it doesn't really have like a hard and fast definition, I don't think, that everyone can agree, on, agree with. So like you said, Eli... People just kind of use it to be, to mean, you know, do what I like and don't do what I don't like. And that can be a little bit harmful, especially when, you know, players are, are, are you know, for example, maybe a player want, only plays decks that, you know, combo kill the table or something. Or, like, you know, kill all players in one turn. And they use, like, that as a example of the spirit of EDH. Like, saying that you trying to kill a player, you know, and take them out of the game before other players is, like, against the spirit of the EDH. And that can be a little bit, you know, shaming for other players that want to play the game a little bit differently than them. And it's a little bit arbitrary, right? Yeah, I've got an anecdote. Um, I, before, like, shortly uh, pre-pandemic last year, I would play at the local shop here in Fargo, and I was playing a game with a couple guys, and I was playing my new Perforos bronze-blooded deck, and... In that deck, you know, the strategy is uh, put out big creatures and, and attack people. And how you do that in an aggro-based deck is you try and, obviously, usually knock out one person at a time, I think, is usually the, the correct play. Especially when you have somebody who is clearly dominating the game, as mm-hmm. there was in that game. And I was kind of going in on this guy and trying to take him out. And, and he got upset with me about targeting him and trying to knock people out of the game one at a time because he didn't think that was, to quote, fun. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he said, well, when I try and win the game, I try and knock everyone out at the same time. Yeah. And and not all decks or not even all color combinations necessarily have the ability to do that, especially outside of the use of combos. And I think even if he didn't, you know explicitly invoke the spirit of EDH as, like, a mechanism, I think maybe there's a little bit of implicit use of it. Like, he he's very much implying that, you know, the way that you were playing, Eli, was kind of against the, you know, the fun of the format or whatever, and that's a little bit... I don't want the spirit of EDH to be used, like, as a tool for that, you know? Right, it felt to me in that moment like he was trying to infer that I was either in some way a bad person, or I was trying to stop people from having fun. Yeah, just because you're, you know, playing the game a little bit differently in game in game style. But... Um, moving on from that, um, just to kind of start off with a little bit of structure, we should probably talk about what the spirit of EDH means for you know most people and what it means for us, right? Like, or what how I would define it if I had to. So, well, as we said, you know, before the spirit of EDH kind of can have a lot of definitions, and like we said in the beginning, you know, it usually just boils down to, you know, 
what I like is the spirit of EDH, and what I don't like is against the spirit of EDH. What do you think, Eli? Is like if if you had to, you've consumed a lot of commander content, right? So what would you say? You know, if if you had to like give a definition from what you perceive is like the Magic player base at whole's definition of it. Well, I think the the common thing that that everyone likes to throw out and but actually doesn't mean that much is the idea that well everyone understands Commander is a social format. Yeah. But also Commander is about fun. Mm-hmm. And fun that that's a great thing to say that it's it's about fun, but that's a very it's not a subjective thing. It's a very objective thing to define what is fun for people and especially what's fun for four people it's playing really hard game to together. do that, right? And and that might be easy to come to an agreement on when you're playing with close friends or like people that you know very well. Yeah. But fun like morality it's it's kind of a it's a hard thing to determine what is fun, what is unfun, what is right, what is wrong. Yeah, and when you when you start going to places like once this pandemic ends, eventually you start going back to the local game store or you know, command fest or whatever, you're going to run into situations where people have vastly different um opinions than you do. Um, but I think there's this idea that people like to think that EDH is kind of like this battle cruiser magic where interaction is frowned upon. Because I, I know a lot of commander players do not enjoy being interacted with. Yeah, they don't like counter spells or when they get their commander removed or something. And then they'll, they'll, they'll sometimes cite that as like, oh, if you're playing like, you know, a deck with 20 counter spells, that's against the spirit of EDH. Which obviously it can be not fun to play against a bunch of counter spells, but I don't think you should use the spirit of EDH as kind of like, a way to express that, right? Yeah, it's a weird thing because most people would see, oh, all my stuff gets countered. That is unfun, but there's people like us that see heavy interaction or a lot of interplay between players. That is more fun for us. Yeah. I don't enjoy games particularly where I just steamroll the table. Mm -hmm. That's not so much fun for me. Yeah, and so I would say, to kind of tie this back around to the definition... um, side of things. I if I, I don't like to um define the spirit of EDH because I don't really think it means much, but if I had to define it, um I would say the spirit of EDH needs to be something that all players, you know, bar none experience. So like not to exclude any player. So I don't think you can define that as like Battle Cruiser Magic, like you said, because that kind of ex- excludes like the kind of players, you know, like like for example the portion of the player base that plays like CDH or something. You don't want to exclude them with a definition of, of uh, the Spirit of EDH. So I think a definition that doesn't exclude anybody in the Commander format is to say that the Spirit of EDH is like the concept of you know self-expression like from a player's point of view. Yeah, I think that's the one common factor that all players, right? Just about anyone can agree is, is something in the c- Commander format is this idea of self-expression. Mm-hmm. Whether it be your deck choice, your Commander choice, uh, what cards you're playing. This doesn't mean you have to do something like I'm building my theme deck based around cups in the artwork or something <laughs> no. like that. Or, you know, women looking to the left. That doesn't have to be your self-expression. I was uh, I was talking to a friend earlier today about how, to me, my, my version of self-expression is uh, the, the colors that I play. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like to play a lot of red and white, and I feel like even though, even if I'm playing a lot of the same cards in a lot of those decks, and maybe they're not the most unique choices, I feel like that's my my sense of individuality, because it's not a very common thing to see. Yeah, and there's, like, self-expression that comes down to, like, you know, maybe I'm I'm really interested in kind of making a creative combo line, or even just, like, playing it, you know, very tight. Like, that's, that's a self-expression, you know, a point of self-expression, for sure. Yeah, because I don't even think you can say somebody who... 
uh, totally netdex uh, like some top tier like competitive deck. They are built that. Themselves, they're right? they're choosing a deck, and that's a form of expression, like that, that choice that they're making, because they could choose any variety deck. You can't. I don't know if you can necessarily say like what is the the best deck in Commander. No, probably not. I don't know if com- like even CDH like there's a spectrum of it, right? Like Commander isn't a, a very solvable format mm-hmm. like that. So there's there's even like little choices you can make for your meta within in that within that yeah. deck list that you make. We don't play CEDH um Eli or I, but like we're aware of it enough. So like you know, even like the little like like meta calls you make in like a CEDH format, like a like a group, is like yourself expressing your your skill or your knowledge or just what you think is fun, right? Like yes like CEDH decks could like potentially just play like a fun card in their deck. Like you could do that if you want to. Yeah, I think there might be some members of the community, especially in the more casual circles, that could make the argument that CDH players don't have a sense of self-expression. Yeah. And I would argue against that 100%. I think they express themselves a lot. Yeah, so people will pro- sometimes cite the spirit of EDH as, like, CDH is against the spirit of EDH, and therefore, like, it's a different format because, you know, because it's playing with, like, the goal to win instead of, like, to have fun. But, yeah, I think if we define the spirit of EDH along the lines of self-expression, like, it encompasses all the players, which I think is good. I don't think you want to exclude any players of Commander, because, like, then you're just kind of, like, asking for arguments and dumb shit Exactly. Like that. Uh, I think uh, playing to win and playing for fun are not mutually exclusive. I agree. I think there's plenty of games that you can play, quote, to win and still have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I think I could argue there's CDH playgroups that have a lot more fun than casual playgroups. Yeah. Um, they they have a, a common... A common goal. Goal, Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the important thing. But um, moving back to, I guess, this idea of um, self-expression, like there's, you know, there, 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 people will will say like, okay, I don't like this definition because like that just kind of, like like some people might might be apprehensive against the idea of the self-expression definition because it encompasses some strategies they don't like. But the thing is, for every strategy that exists, there's going to be someone who doesn't like playing against that strategy, no matter how like how weird the strategy is or how like you know kind of kind of a uh, dumb it seems to be against that strategy like there's players that don't like voltron there's players that don't like counter spells there's players that don't like cards from ice age i don't know like so i don't think it's really fair to to just like like you just you don't know you you can never know um in in like a uh like a group at like the lgs that you don't know who you're playing with you can't know if you're not playing with a player that like hates, you know, a token deck or a discard deck or something. Well, yeah. What's one of the most fair strategies you can think of in casual commander? I would argue it's token decks. Sure, token decks are like some some general like mid range, you know, strategy. And I or something. guarantee you, there is somebody who who loses to their buddy's token deck all the time, and is just like, oh man, I hate token decks. I hate seeing token decks. Yeah. So I can't do anything against them. all my my spot removal is bad or something like that. Like there's yeah. there's or they're just losing to it. People don't like what they lose to generally. Yeah. So my point with this is that like you're not gonna. I don't think there's any way to avoid that idea of someone out there is gonna dislike your strategy. So I think that you know you can't really use that as an argument against this 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 concept this definition that I've I've put forth. So I think I think commander like content creators like um you know command zone and and like EDH Redcast and all those people right they have kind of a, a responsibility not to um like usually they do, they, not to ascribe moral value to certain strategies because it can kind of like like um not I'm not saying taint but it can it can like um affect the 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 viewers as a whole's like perceptions on a strategy maybe not, maybe that's not good. I think usually they do a pretty good job. Most content creators aren't like really negative, but like 
one thing that I, I nothing against Command Zone, but one thing that I always remember is that when the Command Zone was doing, um, when they mentioned they had a podcast episode, their uh, Jumpstart episode, yeah, their Jumpstart episode, and then they they had like a long tirade about how Tiny Bones was so unfun, and that and I think Josh even said like if you come up to me with a Tiny Bones deck at a at a Command Zone, I won't play with you. I'll ask you to play a different deck. Yeah, like at a GP or something. Yeah, because like because. Uh, so that's like an example of like some players just don't like certain strategies. And I personally don't, I mean, it's not an episode about Tiny Bones, but I don't think it's like that oppressive. Like it's probably like a little bit annoying to get to, to discard your cards, but I think that's like a valid way to play the game and not that unfun. Yeah, and I think uh, how you feel playing against uh, certain strategies like stacks or hand destruction, stuff like that, I think a lot of it is just based on feeling in the moment. Like it's it's hard for you to sometimes know if you'll absolutely hate something like yeah. a stacks deck like before playing against it because everyone talks about how miserable stacks decks are yeah i like you I, can if i can just jump in for a second mm-hmm. i think i th- i think that's exactly the problem it's that like i said most content creators usually do a decent job at this but i think they have that problem of of kind of like tainting the well before before the you know the the viewers like get a chance to Drink from it. That's not a very good analogy. No, I, but, I think I see what you mean. Yeah, but so like, like I think a lot of players who have never played against a Tiny Bones deck now have this like really bad perception of a Tiny Bones deck before playing against it. It could be the case that they play against a Tiny Bones deck in the wild and like they actually have a good time and it's a fun game, but they're never gonna do that because like you know, Command Zone it was pretty hard against it. And like I'm not trying to like harp on the commands or whatever too much, right? Because, like, everyone does this. Like, it's not, like, something you can avoid in, t- in entirety. I just want people to be more aware of the effect they have, I guess. So we're, we're guilty of that sort of thing, too. Yeah, and, and I don't like the idea that somebody has this reputation of stack stacks as just playing, like, Winter Orb, Static Orb, yeah. Smoke Stacks, like, every symmetrical stacks effect for, for no gain and just slowing the game down and making it so you can take, like, no game actions and then I might pull out my mono-white Thalia deck against somebody who has some some cards that are, for the most part, like, one-sided and, like, very soft stacks effects, but not nearly as oppressive as, like, you know, like a Winter Orb or yeah, something like Yeah, like how Thalia that. makes their non-basic lands under tap or Yeah, something. some things that people would consider annoying and most people wouldn't enjoy playing against, but that I might get that reaction from somebody who hasn't played against an actual stacks deck as being like, oh, you're playing a stacks deck, oh my god. Yeah. You're the worst. So... It's 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 a little bit of a of a tricky uh situation because uh you know you you can't like like this goes back to how you know certain players will have apprehensions of certain strategies and you can't really stop that right like but you can at least try to be aware when you're when you're when you're touting those ideas that you're affecting people that's all I'm saying mm-hmm. um so coming back around to the idea of expressing yourself with these um like we mentioned before. Um, you can express yourself in like deck building is one way you can express yourself and some of the examples of this just to kind of give some like actual concrete examples is you can like play pet cards in your deck you know you can play like wacky combos you can play like good combos efficient cards that's one thing I like to do to express myself is I really like playing efficient cards that give me some sort of like either they're like one man removal spells or like they give me like card advantage like a dark confidant type cards those make me very happy and I feel like that's expressing myself you can play like you know stacks, I guess, like you said, MLD. It's a little bit you know of a the tricky you know thing, but like it's it is a form of expression. You know, burn, aggro, control, mid range. There, you know, just all the strategies you can play in deck building are ways of expressing your feelings or your desires in a game. Yeah, and and like you were saying, you, we like playing good cards, and that doesn't mean because we're playing cards that might be considered, for the most part, staple cards or mm-hmm. like 
pe- people agree that they're good cards. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you're not expressing yourself. Like the the combination you have a hundred card singleton deck. The combination of cards that you put together, I think, is a form of self expression. Yeah. Even if they're all cards that people agree are good and playable. Yeah, and like you mentioned earlier about how like net, even if you like net deck, you can still express yourself. That that you know that's like expressing yourself through a play style. So like in a game of commander, like after deck building, you can still be expressing yourself. Like if you if let's say you go into a game and you're like, I really want to like play as like optimally as possible, like this game. That could be a form of expressing yourself. Maybe you maybe making deals like politics is a way of expressing yourself in a game. Um, like sometimes something I like to do when I play commander often is I like to do like the plays where it's like real a really like probably not even the best like probably a bad play. But I like to just tap out and like just go for something and like put myself at risk to even die to the table. But it's kind of fun, right? Because maybe they choose not to kill me, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, I like to do that too—that high risk, high reward play where you're like, well, I know if everyone really wanted to, they could kill me. But if they don't, it's gonna be amazing. Like an example of this is like I might, I you know, I might like draw an overwhelming stampede and play it on turn five to do like 30 damage to one person or something instead of saving it to win the game later. I might just like. Do that, attack with all my guys, have no blockers, and then just being like, boom, do something now, right? Instead yeah, of like saving it to win. Because then that puts the choice on somebody else, and I feel like, to me, giving my opponents decision points like that is is part of the fun of Commander. And like, yeah. And it's, uh, when I was reading through the philosophy document, it was mentioning something from, about from, yeah. uh, interactivity between players is something that they like to encourage. Yeah. And, and I like those... Uh, Creating those dynamics in a game of Commander, that to me is also part of like the, the spirit of EDH, is finding ways to make players feel um, like they're contributing to the game. Yeah. So like if I can do a big play that makes that, that's like me impacting the game, but it results in like me potentially dying, I, I'm, I'm okay doing that because like I'm having my fun in the game and doing something cool and maybe you know other players can have fun in killing me or something, right? That's fine. Yeah, I've, I've heard some people... Um, Depends on my when I if I want to win or not right at that point, but you know when we're making the claim that um, I think everyone likes to say they don't care if they win or lose a game of Commander, they just want to do their thing, yeah, whatever that might be, and I think that's a that's a hard thing to uh, pinpoint sometimes because sometimes somebody's thing is winning the game, yeah, or I... like creating an infinite combo or uh, locking people out of the game, and in that situation. Should you, should you be able to like, should should you complain if if your opponent stop you from doing your thing, right? If that's yeah, your thing. Yeah, if, if that's your thing. But so th- so that I don't think is a healthy way to measure whether or not you had fun within a game. I I personally try and just like to uh, affect the game somehow. That's that's what I, and you know, fun is like we said a subjective thing, and not everyone can feel the same about it. But I try and just value the games where I was able to affect the game. That's all I want out of yeah. it. Yeah. Because oftentimes, I've played decks where my thing is knocking people out of the game, like aggroing them out, or like trying to control the board and stuff. So if somebody wants to try and take me out of that game for doing that, I understand. Mm-hmm. It it's makes kind of sense, a, right? If you step into the kitchen, you got to be able to handle the heat. <laughs> yeah, or the knives being thrown at you yeah. or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... A criticism that might come of of this kind of like a self-expression um, <laughs> definition that I'm proposing, my 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 self-expression uh, <laughs> document. <laughs> no, um, sorry, uh, might be that it's a bit vacuous. Like it doesn't really have like a 
big like meaning, right? Like 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 it's not very obvious the meaning. And I think that's the point. Like that's the benefit, not the not the downside. I believe players will always like at large players will define the spirit of EDH to be whatever they like to do. And I think this definition is at least being upfront about that instead of like trying to hide behind it. So like if we, you know, the self-expression model as I'm dubbing it now is uh you know, it's very, you know, you you, you understand like what it means and it's it's not like trying to pretend to be something it's not. Mhm. Um, yeah, so, and the one thing I don't like is when people use the spirit of the format as a tool in your arsenal to win an argument. I don't like that. Um, like, letting players express themselves is core to the format as a whole, so I don't think it's, like, something you're going to use as a tool to, like, you know, shame somebody or something like that. Telling someone that they're doing something against the spirit of the format is really mean, and it carries a lot of weight. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't like, uh, like we were saying earlier, like ascribing moral value to like what somebody's doing within the game. Yeah. Now, if you know actively that I've played with people uh, at some, like maybe back in Alexandria, where I did get the impression that what they, part of what they enjoyed about doing some of the things they did was that it made people unhappy. Yeah. Then you can maybe, like, decide, oh, that that person, they are maybe being kind of a bad person. Yeah, but in general, you probably shouldn't, like, see someone playing a stacks deck and saying, oh, you just hate fun type thing. Like, that's really, like, that, or and you're, like, a bad person. Like, that is, like, that's going to, like, hurt players, I think, at, like, an emotional level, and they're not going to want to play with you ever again. Yeah, or like me playing the deck, the Perforos deck, and like trying to knock this guy out. And I think one of the things he said to me was, "Hey, hey, man, like I I only get to come to the shop, you know, one once a week or so to play Commander. So if I get knocked out of this game earlier and, and just have to like sit for a little bit, that really sucks for me." And like, yeah, I totally get that. That really does suck. I've been in that position before. And, but it's it's weird because like what am I supposed to do in that situation? Am I supposed to just let him win or whatever? Or, yeah, am I supposed to put the uh the the winner of the game like am I supposed to throw the game a little bit to for the sake of somebody's you know fun like and at the cost of my own fun it seems like a weird situation like it's not like it's like they're asking for too much it kind of sounds like right yeah it's I think some <laughs> something that everyone needs to understand is you're never gonna make everyone happy and it's it's the, especially the rough part if you don't have a regular play group if you're just playing with strangers all the time you're gonna get in this situation a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, all right then. Do you want to? We, we we kind of um, put together. Uh, we we looked at some some videos of commander content creators, and one thing that kind of seems to fit this theme is uh, the command zone did a episode last year about you know the most fun commanders to play against, and I think the least fun to play against. So do you want to maybe like kind of look at some of the yeah, cards? Yeah, yeah. They, they had done a, uh, a most fun commanders to play against episode, and uh, a couple years before that, I think it was uh, 2017, they did the most hated commanders. Yeah. Uh, back when DJ was co-hosting on there. Yeah. And so this isn't like this yeah. isn't like going after them. This is more like I think we're using them as a, as as a, as a view into the player base at large's opinions. Yeah, right? and I think this these opinions that they present in here were, are pretty uh, ubiquitous. I think most people would agree with a lot of these. Yeah. These we're not takes. we're not saying like this is the commands' opinion and they're dumb. We're saying this is what I think this is a, this is this is a good example of what actual Magic players think. Yeah, so so listed on their uh, most fun commanders to play against. Um, we're not necessarily going to list off every single commander on this list, but kind of the commonalities that a lot of them have. Yeah. So for the most part, it seems to be commanders that 
draw your opponent's cards or give them some kind of resource. So, like, you have, like, group hug ones, generally, like Feldegriff. Yeah. Or uh, Kaneos and Tiro, mm-hmm. I think, are a good example of that. But even aside from that, you've got, like, just ones that provide other kind of resource, like like Braids or uh, Grathama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they people have... to get more cards or get stuff into play earlier. Yeah, and, and, and the thing with that is I, I personally, like, like, I don't have fun when my opponents are playing group hog decks, personally. They're a little bit, you know, I, I mean, it's just, like, a difference in, like, opinion. But, like, the, the point is, like, the spirit of the format is, like, kind of different for each player, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, when, for, personally, I think group hog decks, or, like, decks that play, like, like effects that make everyone draw additional cards, kind of cheapens the value of, 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 the, of my deck building, because I feel like, I, you know, I, the, one of the ways that I like to play is I like to build my deck in a way where I have just enough card advantage and stuff like that to outlast the other players, and if someone's, like, kind of throwing that out of whack, um, like, obviously they have their, their right to do so and stuff, but, like, it's, you know, it's, it goes against my strategy, so obviously I'm not going to be a big fan of it, right? Yeah, because I think we're both uh, pretty similar in that we like to express ourselves mostly in our deck building mm-hmm. and really, like, fine-tuning a deck and trying to make it work as best as it can and works consistently yeah. for the most part. Like, I, I think we're both kind of on the, the train of, like, I don't think we, either of us, really miss a lot of land drops. No, I like hitting land drops. I don't need to have ten cards in my hand. I just need to have enough cards in my hand where I spend all my mana, personally. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I if I don't need to have three good options, I just need to have one good option in my hand, I think. Yeah, I think we've talked about this on some previous episodes where we both enjoy really just, like, curving out and, like, making a play a turn. yeah. And yeah, obviously hitting your land drops is really important for curving out. Yeah, and while some players will have fun with like a Feldegrift type deck, I can definitely see other players, you know, not not having that much fun with that personally. Because when you have a group hug deck at the table, it kind of it makes for a different kind of game of commander. And nothing is wrong inherently with that kind of game. It's just not what everyone's looking for at all times, right? Yeah, and and like people have said, uh, you don't play commander to win. But I would actually argue that. Um, Games where nobody is invested in winning are worse than games where people are trying to win. Yeah. I've played games with people who had they did not care about winning whatsoever. And when when you have no investment in winning, you do stuff that like I think most people would agree that king making is bad in the game of commander. Yeah, and it usually I mean it can be cool for one player, but like other players end up feeling like really bad, especially if someone's just like trying to like Yeah, throw the crown around, like you said. Or doing something like Playing mass land destruction or playing a board wipe for the and, memes, and then just leaving, just being like, oh, I'll, well, I'll do this, I'll affect the game, and then I'll leave because it's not going to be my problem anymore. Kill the lands, concede. Because, because, like I said about that, that guy saying uh, he only had the one day a week to to play. Well, I used to have that similar situation where I would go to the shop in Alexandria about once a week or every other week and just have a couple hours to play. And I would, there was somebody there that played this mono white deck. That would do stuff, very, really trolly stuff, not like mass land destruction generally, but like just a lot of board wipes and just drag the game out. And he admitted that he did not care about winning. Yeah, and I think I think commander players in general want. I mean, maybe this is not true, but I think a lot of players don't want their games to last two hours, right? They want like maybe a forty-five minute game or something, right? Yeah, it's a weird thing because I I think it's a pretty even split actually. I think there still really? are a decent huh. amount of people that do like those long epic games. Yeah, well I mean I don't I don't assume to know that. I was just kind of giving my like perception, right? Yeah, I don't think we've played against anybody who would enjoy that recently, and I, I know that we don't, certainly. 
Well, I guess it also, like, it depends on how fast you're playing, right? Because if you're hanging out with a table of friends, like, you can be playing a lot slower, chatting about other stuff. So that's not what I mean when I say two-hour-long games, right? I mean two-hour-long games where everyone's, like, it, like playing cards and, like, you know, talking about things, like, in the game. Like, you know, 20-turn games are a little bit... I think are people... I think people generally want shorter games, oh but maybe God, not. Oh, my God, a 20-turn game, I can't... Oh, man, I, have we played a 20-turn game in a long time? Probably, oh, but... I mean, <laughs> sometimes we play games where it's, like... You know, a normal like like <laughs> because of some of the decks we play, it's like a normal uh, a normal size like length game, but then it gets down to two players, and we're just like we <laughs> there's like some 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 like you know removal coming back and forth, and we I, can't. Finish I think it we off. played that two hour game on Magic Online a while ago. That was a fun game though. But that's also yeah, that was a good game, but also Magic Online kind of stretches out the game length a little yeah, bit. Yeah, because all the priority and stuff. And so aside from group hug, there's also. Uh, like uh, more combat centric, like or random, random or like forcing, right? Like, like they put um Ruhan of the Fumori and Thantis the Warweaver. One of them is attacks a random opponent, right? And one of them makes all creatures attack. I think. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's more just uh, involving like bringing more action into the game. Yeah. And, uh, more uh more combat necessarily. I think some people see see that as. Some people see that as fun. I've I've known people that that don't like aggressive games particularly. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't I don't think like the idea of randomness inherently is super fun. It can make for some fun situations, for sure. Like it's not like it's necessarily bad, but like I don't know if a commander that attacks a random opponent is always going to be like more fun than just like a normal a normal like Jeskai deck, right? Yeah, I think anything that's somewhat random, people are just like, oh, it's it's random, it's wacky, look, look how fun this is. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I guess. Sometimes, right? But not always, right? Um, and then, like, you know, it's not very, maybe it's, like, this one I actually kind of agree with, it's Archesa, and that's just because it, like, puts the Monarch in the game, and I think the Monarch is just kind of fun, usually. Oh, right? yeah, Queen Marchesa. Um, getting the Monarch into a game, I, I think adds a lot of fun to it, personally. It... it it's like that thing like with Thantis or something where it, it drives action, but there's there's a resource attached to it, and it's different from these other like group hug type commanders where you're not just like giving somebody a resource. You're trying to do something for yourself, right? Like I have a Queen Marchesa deck, and the one of the main goals in that deck is keep the monarch. Like hold on to that, maintain it, and use it to use get get more card advantage off it. Yeah. But um do you have anything else to say about these uh this these like most fun commanders? We we kind of agree, but we also like I don't know, like, like we we have a little bit of different opinions, right? But I think a lot of people do agree with all, a lot of these, like that they want to play against, like, a, what is it? Not Ludovic. What's the what's the? Well, generally, one thing that I wanted yeah, to mention is it seems to me like if if most people agree these are the fun commanders to play against, what people really want is they want things that help them win the game or like help their strategy, yeah, help them do their their thing to quote. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was an interesting commonality between most of those commanders. Yeah. Um. So I guess I think yeah, like you said, in 2018 or 20 whenever it was, they did an episode. Command Zone did an episode about you know unfun or what was it most hated, right? The most hated commanders. Yeah, and you know you want to look at some of these, and I mean, and most of these are are probably accurate, like in that like they're probably you know not the most fun things, but it, looking at them can give us some some insight into some stuff. Yeah, right? it seems to me like if we were like we kind of broke those into a couple different categories, it seems to me like these are kind of broken into. Uh, either combo, control, or like some kind of stacks. Yeah. For the most part. Like for example here, like you've got like 
some of the uh, Staxi commanders, like Grand Arbiter, right? Like, obviously, is, is people don't like playing against generally because, like, you know, stop me from doing things. That makes sense. Or Derevi, right, is, like, all, almost always built as, like, a Stax deck, right? At least in some some sense. Yeah, that's the, the, the common thought on Derevi is you use it with, like, Winter Orbs and stuff. But, I don't know. We, I've only ever played against one Derevi deck yeah, in I all think, my time. I think a Derevi deck um, without Stax is a perfectly reasonable deck and not even that... Not not that um, cringe as we as you might say. Yeah, I mean personally, I found Derevi a little bit annoying with its like uh, its ability, ability. untap plant like like uh, well, make just, a bunch of mana right. Just the part where it's it's always four mana. Oh, that part yeah. Play. Like, where if you get rid of it, you just, yeah, yeah, you just like really can't kill a Derevi. But you know it, it is it is what it is like. Obvious, yeah, that's just my personal feelings on it. Obviously, if you're playing Grand Arbiter, like people aren't gonna like that so much. But I mean, there is something to be said about like. You know, it's not like it stops you, like, from interacting. Like, you always have the option to kill Grand Arbiter. Like, you can play in such a way that, you know, you're able to do that. But, well, I guess it does cost a little more, but, you know. Um, what well, The next category was, like, um, uh, like you said, like, aggro type stuff. Or stuff that, like, stuff, or, like, stuff that, like, kind of, like, kills a player and they don't feel like they have a lot of interaction. Like, for example, Scion of Ur-Dragon. Because everyone... And maybe you don't know actually, but like the the scion thing is you like play scion of the air dragon and then you go to like attack someone and you activate him a couple times and deal twenty commander da- twenty one commander damage to someone by like getting the the guy that like lets you pump him for Phyrexian mana and like making him unblockable or something. I don't yeah, know exactly something what it is. like that or like doing a a prosh blue oh, chain combo. Yeah, with a yeah with prosh and those can be a little bit unfun because they like it feels like there's not many points of interaction. I guess right. Yeah, and then they also had um, like uh, a Traxa is on here, yeah, which would typically you'd think be like super friends decks, and so to me, I I think the thing that a lot of these have in common is they they either do a lot on their own turns or like take long turns, like do a combo or like activate all their planeswalker abilities, or they reduce the amount of things that their opponents can do on their turns. So what it seems to me like what people don't like is having less time to do their thing. Yeah. Um, and so it seemed like, I'm not going to like speak for people, but I, I feel like people would say that some of these commanders are you know, against the spirit of the format. Like if someone plays a Narset deck, they might say that's against the spirit of the format because you're just trying to like attack with Narset and as Hexproof and then take infinite turns or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But, and while that can be unfun, that is a, you know, a, a, a way of them expressing themselves. Since to some extent, right? Yeah, we're playing like Baral, Chief of Compliance, and countering and, all the spells, and like twenty counter spells in your deck. Yeah, most people wouldn't have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, and I don't blame them. Like it, like, and that. Yeah, this is this is why the it, it's a little bit hard in like a in like a ran, random setting, like playing at like a game store because you don't really know what you're expecting, and you know you could very well build like a a, a fair Narset deck, right? And it, you can't really convince people that it's fair because I'm sure, Eli, you've played those games where someone's like, oh, I'm playing, I, this is my Prosh deck, but it's not a food chain deck, right? So don't worry. And then, you know, six turns later, you actually, you realize that, oh, it's actually, like, almost as bad and, like, they actually, like, are doing all the broken stuff with Prosh. But they, like, you know, they use it as, like, a... <laughs> so it's... Even if they did build a fair deck, it's hard for you to, like, believe them, right? Because it's, like, the commander has so much baggage with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they can, and if they did build a fair deck, 
but you still like have to like kill the commander, they might get a little bit salty. Like, come on, I told you this was like not even like a oppressive deck, and it's just kind of an unfortunate situation for everyone, right? Yeah, especially with strangers, you can't know what what kind of play group or what kind of setting they're coming from that might have uh, inspired them to make the decisions with their decks. Yeah, that they have. They could be playing in a like pretty powerful. Like we play with some with some strong decks, right? And we make decks for for those. Um, those playgroups, and in those playgroups, our decks are like not offensive, and you know probably you know not like the worst decks at the table. But if I were to bring that deck into another you know situation, you know it might be like really annoying for other players and actually like super oppressive. Yeah, and and I I would make the decision in that instance if I was playing with strangers to select a different deck, but not everyone has a bunch of commander decks of varying power levels. Yeah, or they might not even realize that like, oh, I didn't even real I didn't even think that um that like my deck would be super oppressive in this other situation, right? Like what if what if somebody started playing commander and they realized they were in a more competitive meta from the start and they put a lot of their resources and they didn't have a lot of money into buying lots of different commander decks and they went all in on that Baral Counterspells deck just so they could have an impact in the games that they played. Yeah. Would you say that that person's a like a bad person quote, or they're like or against with the you? spirit of the format. I don't what think so. What if that's their only deck? Yeah. They just want to play. Yeah, and and you'll you'll see this actually sort of thing um on like if you go to like the the REDH subreddit or something, you'll see these kind of posts where people are like, "Hey, I'm a new player. I'm thinking about building this stack stack. Our player's going to hate me for it, right?" Right. And it's like and you get you get varied responses. You get you probably should avoid that or maybe just don't play the broken stuff or like you know, or oh no, it's actually fine because like as long as you're know, you're playing with the right play group, and it's just really hard. I think it's hard for new players to approach that, right? Yeah. It, and it feels like they're they're kind of pushed away from certain strategies where I think you shouldn't try. You shouldn't like if a if a if a new player wants to build an aggro deck, I don't think they should, you know, be be not shamed, but I don't think they should be pushed away from aggro deck because like some people might you know have fun playing with aggro. I like like we said earlier. Some people are going to not have fun playing with any strategy they choose, right? Like if they if they play, like I said earlier, ladies looking to the left, someone might like hate women or something and not like that. Uh, but we would probably wouldn't want to play with that person in general. But yeah, like with the uh, the self expression thing, and especially with stacks, like something that I've always enjoyed in in Magic, and especially like within within White and like even some some Boros decks, I've enjoyed like hate bear effects because to me like it's this cool. I've always been a fan of like uh, shows like Supernatural, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff. Uh, like this idea of like using like uh, various like methods of like fighting against monsters and stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of what playing like Hate Bears feels like to me. It's like using this uh, this tool or like this magic or something to to ward off like evil. And when you're playing the Boros deck, the Sultai deck is the evil deck. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> uh, in, in jest, of course, in jest. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and that that can be very fun. I, I agree. Um, so yeah. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about these uh, most hated cards? Like, I guess just to mention a couple of other ones, you have like a zombie and slivers. Personally, I'm kind of a anti-sliver player, so that's my bias there. I don't like slivers that much. What do you think about slivers, Eli? You know, I haven't played against like a really good slivers deck in a while and i don't really i don't really have a good reason to hate slivers i don't really hate them either but like that's just, that's just where i realize that i fit into that mold of like everyone will have something they don't like or so there's there's someone that doesn't like everything right slivers are just the the tribal dot deck dot deck yeah like, it's just like the the paragon of all tribal decks 
Yeah, it's but like, the most on rails, I think. And I would still play with a Slivers deck, and I wouldn't tell them like that they're doing something that's like super cringe or against the format. But you know, personally, I just I'm just not a big Slivers fan, right? Spencer, we should build a Slivers deck where you just play the bad Slivers that give like effects that you don't care about, like, like a like a, like extra toughness and stuff like that. That would be epic, but also not epic because I don't like Slivers. <laughs> okay, but you know, um. Yeah, I guess to recap in general, right? Um, be nice to people. <laughs> that's our that's our main uh, thing that I like to mention every episode. Um, don't shame people for their deck choices. Um, think about you know how people trying to express themselves in game and out of game, like deck building and play style. And uh, don't use the spirit of format as a way to yeah shame people like I said. Yeah, just think you wouldn't like somebody to behave that to shame you for your deck choices or your play style. So don't do it to other people. Do on the golden rule. Do on to others. Yes. Um. So yeah, I apologize a little bit because this episode has been a little bit similar to our last episode because you know we're talking we're in a little bit of a a funk of talking about magic players right now. <laughs> but uh, I promise the next episode will be uh. A little bit different, not treading similar ground. Probably something we'll try to do something different. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we'll be back on to talking about cards and um, different colors and, and strategies and stuff again. If, if you have a preference, maybe if you like the more Magic player talk, let us know. We'll try to get whatever in. We'll. I think one thing that we like to do is we like to have some nice variety, so we can have a little bit for everyone. Yeah, we, we wanted to try doing a couple like this just so we didn't have to like read off so many cards because when you're talking about something within the game and like talk about cards necessarily it's it's a lot of reading and personally i find that a little bit monotonous yeah one not to i i'm i'm known to go off on tangents often but one thing that i always a little bit laugh at is when i when i see like a commander youtube video and 60 percent of the video is reading the card and 20 percent is talking about the card and it's like well i could read the card myself you know but not that there's anything wrong with reading the cards just something that i think about yeah, and, and we still, we could do the thing where we don't read the card out, but I prefer, like, we, we do post images up with the card, but I prefer it to be audio accessible only, right? as audio only. Yeah, because I, I, I listen to a lot of my podcasts on a podcast app instead of on YouTube if I have the choice, so, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, if you guys have any pains on that, let us know. If you, like, if you watch audio only or watch the video, I guess let us know. That'd be kind of a cool stat to know. Like, if yeah. you just have it off to the side, you don't look at it, or maybe you do read all the cards and we put them up. Um, but yeah, that's probably about yeah, all we have. Thanks for right? listening, and uh, make sure to give us a follow. We've got our Twitter, and um, you can find us on on YouTube, uh, Spotify. Give us a like, a subscribe. Do all those memes. A, a dislike, I don't care. Like just <laughs> some kind of feedback. Yeah. So we're not just like shouting into the abyss. Yep. And if you have any opi- any like opinions on topics you want to see, you can let us know. We'll put Absolutely. them on the list. And we'll try and be more involved on Twitter, and we'll, we'll get more content back out coming in the next couple months yep and like we've said before try to do two episodes every month maybe we'll maybe maybe so maybe do the next bonus episode sometime but that's about all we have i think this has been spencer cook and and i'm elijah samuelson (laughs) thank you for listening stay frosty (laughs) that's my catchphrase now (laughs) 